I was, uh, woke up early on Monday morning, just excited about getting to come speak at Winter Thaw. And I was, uh, my heart was just filled with gratitude that I get to call Quentin Road my home church. I love you guys. I, I'm, we miss you. And anytime we don't get to be at our home church in, in Ohio, this feels like home. And I'm so grateful we get to come back here on a pretty regular basis. And what an honor to get to speak at Winter Thaw and to, to get to share with you guys tonight. So um, really happy Pastor Paul uh, is coming back. I'm going to talk about him a little bit tonight. Um, but I would want to ask you to please be in prayer tonight also for Claire and Aku. Uh, they're, they're at the hospital and Claire is having her baby either today or after midnight. I don't know when, but it's the, the process is going along. So we're so grateful for them. We, we have, there's six of us day spring graduates on staff at, at Chile Crossroads. And, and so we're working really hard to replace what we've taken, um, staff and uh, graduates from here. And so we're working really hard to get more kids back here for day spring. And uh, we're just really excited about what God is doing along the way. Uh, please be in prayer for us too. We're trying to figure out uh, exactly the best way to keep moving forward. And so we just pray for your wisdom as we are doing that. And we'll probably have our building. Uh, well, we do have it for sale right now. And we're going to figure out a good path forward to get into a new building on our new property. And so very excited about, uh, about what God is doing in the future. I was really mixed up when I came here to Quentin Road. I had been to so many churches, I had no idea what good doctrine was and what it wasn't. And uh, fortunately, Quentin Road had planted a church in my hometown of Glenwood, Arkansas, and that very much helped me. The year and a half of getting good doctrine really was a huge help. But I want to ask you tonight, uh, what blood is thicker than water? What blood is thicker than water? I grew up... Uh, hanging around as many old people as I could because I learned early on that old people know a whole bunch of stuff that younger people don't know. And so the older somebody was, the more I wanted to hang around. But I learned all kinds of stuff. I learned how to butcher chickens. Uh, you guys um, probably don't do a whole lot of that. Um, you probably eat some chicken some, sometimes, but it, it helps if you hang them upside down for a while and all the blood goes to the head and then, you know, you, you take care of business. And um, uh, so reality sometimes is not real pretty, but that's kind of where food comes from. Um, our family was resting on Saturdays, keeping Jewish feasts and, uh, and arrogant about it because they thought they knew more than the average person. And in the process of all that, they were taking me to Pentecostal churches and I just had no idea what a good church looked like until I saw a church that Quentin Road planted. And then I came to Quentin Road and, and just felt overwhelmingly welcome despite being incredibly weird. And I just, I want to thank you again for that. Um, I remember being in the preschool hallway with Pastor Paul Julian, and I think I saw that everybody was working to set up preschool classes after church on Sunday, and so I was helping just 
jumped in helping set up classes and we were kind of all done with the preschool wing. And so Pastor Paul and I were working together and he started asking me questions and, and he, he smiled and was nice despite my weird answers, you know, because you ask me questions about me and my childhood and you're liable to get answers you didn't expect. And, and he just didn't act like it was weird. And I really appreciated that. And, uh, I felt really welcome, uh, by him and talking with him. And that was really a wonderful experience. And so I appreciated his genuine interest. And I came to recognize that just eventually as the love of Christ, that, that that's what is, is so powerful in a good church and what makes a church really different and distinct and, and unusual and, and attractive. And that makes people want to come back is the love of Christ. And I'm really happy to see that you've continued to do that for many, many years. We've been gone for 14 years now, and uh, I'm just really grateful. Pastor Paul lived out in practice, even as a teenager, the uh, truth uh, that Julie has shared with me from a preschool uh, owners and directors group that she's part of, and they don't advocate giving uh, preschool tours with the drag and brag method, but rather the ask and listen method. And Quentin Road, Pastor Paul did that, and you guys do that, and you have genuine interest in others. And, and I've come to learn over time that really it's because of the application of God's word. I asked Pastor Paul when we went to Ohio, what makes, what makes Quentin Road the way it is? And, and he said, it's that the word of God is taught with the expectation that it be followed. And I've been to so many churches as a kid. And then in Ohio recently, I've been talking with other churches and, and uh, trying to find a place that possibly we can rent for a short time. And I've seen so many unusual things. There's a lot of weird stuff out there, guys. I mean, even a guy who grew up weird can say, that's, that's weird. And it's because a lot of times churches aren't in, con- like pastors aren't actually in charge. Maybe the board is in charge. And they have to ask the board and the board doesn't really know because they're not spiritual people necessarily. And so it winds up being not a good place uh, in terms of, it's in comparison to Quentin Road, for sure, I would say that would be not a good place. Um, so what, what I want to share with you tonight, as we're looking at what blood is thicker than water, we look at John 13, 35 together. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if ye have love one to another. We had been at Chile Crossroads for about a year when a one of the ushers who'd been an usher for about 40 years came by with the offering plate and Julie didn't have any money. She'd already, we'd already, we sent our check in, I think in the mail or something. And so she didn't have any money to put in. And so she did what many of you have, I've seen you do here over the years is just Decline to take the plate because you don't need to put anything in it. And so the usher just goes to the next person and it works great. Well, after church, this guy came to me visibly shaken and he said, Pastor Neil, I need to talk to you. Okay, great. What is it about? Your wife is incredibly unfriendly. I said, really? Okay, well, I'll get her and let's go to my office and talk about it. And he said, (laughs) he was shaking when Julie got into my office. I had to pull her out of working with kids. That's, you know, she was serving. In, in, and so I had to pull her out of where she was. And he said, Julie is the most unfriendly person I've ever met. In 40 years of being an usher, no one has ever declined the plate. Decl- like it was like committed Harry Carey or something. Like, 
something awful, like it was a sin he was describing. And he was an older guy and we were a younger couple. And I'm pretty sure that if I were making my assessment of whether the church we moved to was a loving church at that moment, I would have decided these people don't love each other very much. And this guy is not very nice. Um, and later they left the church over some other manufactured offense. And, and, and so it's so unusual what you have here. I know you know that, but I get to come in and out of this ecosystem and I get to, uh, have the, the benefit of perspective. Um, Pastor Scudder and I were looking at some things on Google earth today, and it's pretty cool how you can kind of get a good bird's eye view of an area by doing that. Well, I get to be in here and then out of here. And I just want to tell you, you guys are really special and I'm really grateful for it. You have love for one another and you have it because uh, your pastor teaches the word of God. Dr. Scudder did, your pastor does now. I'm so grateful for both of them. And, and I think Quentin Road is knit together along those lines. Remember when Jesus was working, um, talking to people, teaching, and somebody showed up and said, hey, uh, let's actually read the passage together in Matthew chapter 12. Uh, I'll read it out loud. While he yet talked to the people, so he's busy doing ministry, teaching, behold, his mother and his brethren stood without desiring to speak with him. Then one said unto him, behold, thy mother and thy brethren stand without desiring to speak with thee. But he answered and said unto them, uh, that told him, who is my mother and who are my brethren? And he stretched forth his hand unto his, toward his disciples and said, behold, my mother and my brethren, for whosoever shall do the will of my father, which is in heaven, the same is my brother and my sister and my mother. Guys, I want to replicate what Quentin Road has. I'm working, we are working so hard to do that because Quentin Road is a place like this. I have often told our folks at Chile Crossroads that I'm closer to them than I am to my own blood family. And I am because they're determined to do God's will and you guys are determined to do God's will and it is fantastic. And, and, and I'm closer to you guys, even though I don't see you very often because we're doing God's will together. And it's really, really awesome to be part of the family of God. It feels like it's really soft right here. And I keep feeling like I'm going to fall through. Is there a trap door or something? Okay. I'll be all right. I'll enjoy the journey. Okay. (laughs) I... I love you guys and I just want to encourage you to keep doing what you're doing because Satan will always try to discourage people who are doing what's good. And, and I, I see that I, as I've pastored longer, I have so, developed so much more appreciation for Dr. Scudder over the years. Uh, there were some ladies that wanted to get together before church and have a prayer meeting before the prayer meeting on Wednesday nights. And it sounded so spiritual and I was naive and I didn't really know if that was a good idea or a bad idea. So this is years ago. I asked Dr. Scudder, hey, this is what they want to do. What do you think? He's like, I think he, he, he kind of laughed like, that's a bad idea. Tell those ladies no. And I'm like, and, and I saw why later because they went, they said they wanted to have a core group of people that prayed, which then makes whatever, what, what does that make everybody else? Not core. It excludes them. And it's not what, what Jesus is talking about here, like describing people as his family if they're on the same page and doing the will of God. And every one of those ladies eventually left the church. You know why? Because what they were actually seeking was control. They didn't care about it getting closer to God at all. 
And so I'm so grateful that you have a strong pastor now, that you had a strong pastor with Dr. Scudder, and I have developed more and more appreciation for a strong, loving, godly, gentle, grace-filled, caring, loving pastor that teaches the word of God. Wow, you guys know how crazy lucky you are. I talk to churches a lot and I wish this weren't true, but I'm one of the long, at 14 years, I'm one of the longest serving pastors in our county. Most pastors last two or three years. One guy didn't survive a vote of confidence not long ago. Another guy, they just fizzle out because there's not actual progress in the church. They're not actually, they don't have momentum. They're not actually trying to reach the world. There's, there's not excitement. And you know what there really isn't? There's not love. And there's not a common bond and a sense of we are in this together. I'm so excited about your mortgage payoff campaign. You guys are doing so much already. Imagine what you're going to do once that's done. I'm so excited for you. Because you're based on godly principles. You're doing the will of your father. You're on the same page. You are the family of God. Our church was a family controlled church when we came and older people have told, so I learned a new phrase. I don't know if I told you this one yet. There's a, there's a a, a older widow in our church that grew up in West Virginia. And wow, does she have the sayings? I, I, I write some of them down. Sometimes one of them is I learned the other day. She said, that was faster than a rat, rat running up a rafter. That's awesome. Who's ever seen that? I mean, I have, but she obviously has. Awesome. Awesome. One of the sayings I learned from older people is blood is thicker than water. What does that mean? It means your family is more important than anybody else. When we came to our church, you know what? There were people there. A lot of them are from the Scottish Highlands and they're in the hills of Appalachia. And they operate by the same like family rules. Like you offend us, we don't talk to you. Or like just silly stuff that like we try to teach kindergartners not to do. They still think of as like, yeah, that's how we do it. And so when uh, it's like a case of stepping on one toe and 30 people say, ouch, right? And so, but if, you're, if you love the word of God, guess what you're gonna do? You're gonna lovingly step on people's toes and here's why. If you don't, um, ladies, what happens if you don't ever clean the bathroom? Like mildew takes over or whatever, scum takes over your house, right? So a, a loving pastor has to dispense the word of God as Jesus was here and calling them brethren. And there's a, there's the word of God teaches us pastors as they apply the word of God, it bleaches the nonsense away. And so I have, I was, I'm so grateful that while we were there, the first years we were there, I was able to call Dr. Scudder and say, Hey, I don't know what to do with this situation. And he'd help me figure it out. And I'd, I'd deal with it. And later in retrospect, now I'm just like, Oh, of course that's how you do it. But I'm kind of a, more of a go along, get along kind of a guy naturally, but the word of God doesn't teach pastors to be that way. In fact, the word of God has some very specific instructions for pastors and Dr. Scudder mentored me to do that. And I'm really, really grateful that he did because as people were slow to accept us in our church uh, and they chose their family loyalty over God's clearly revealed will. And as people would leave in blocks of 30 people, and I didn't understand, why don't you love the word of God? 
why aren't you excited about that we're reaching kids? We had one, one uh, elder who stopped serving or deacon who stopped serving because we voted for, for chairs so that we could have a kids ministry because there were just pews in the auditorium and you couldn't have an Awana circle. And so they got mad about that and they left. And, and, and then not too long ago, a guy that I brought to the Grace Conference, he, he bailed like five, at 6.55 PM. He was my Awana, he was my Simple Steps director. He, he resigned from the church and the board and Simple Steps at 6.55 PM on a Friday night. That's class. That's class. With, with, with all the people right there, he said, can I talk to you for a minute? So we went to my office and he said, I, I quit from everything. Goodbye. I said, wait, not so fast. If you're going to quit from everything, I, I have to tell you a few things. So because of Dr. Scudder's mentoring, I was able to tell him a few things like, don't talk to anybody in our church. Because if you're, if you're actually making this poor decision, first of all, you shouldn't do this. This is a bad decision. But if you're going to do it, you shouldn't talk to anybody in our church. Because when you leave the church, you're leaving the people. You know what he did? He, he, went, he left church and went to somebody's house that was sick that night and he knew it. And he made his way to every house in the church. Because that's messed up. But because, but it was my responsibility to confront him, tell him the right thing to do. And whether people do it or, or not is, I guess, different. But at least he's not still there doing things that are wrong. And, and, and it's, 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 it's good for people that are doing wrong to not be part of it. It's your pastor's job. Because blood is thicker than water. It's your pastor's job to, as Second Timothy, this is Paul mentoring a younger pastor, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove. People don't like that anymore. Have you noticed that people don't like to be reproved? What do you feel like when somebody reproves you? Who are you to tell me? Well, it's the pastor's job to reprove. It's the pastor's job to, re- to rebuke. And exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Pastor Scudder is doing this quite well. Dr. Scudder did it quite well before him. Uh, he, Paul mentored Titus in 2.15. These things speak, exhort, and rebuke with all authority. He's a young man. Let no man despise thee. You know what I found is we had deacons that were older than me. And they. And I, it's not that it disrespected them. But I, I had to train them, no, we're not doing that. We're going this way. We're going to do what God's word says because this book is the authority, not you and not your family. You have to say that nice, but you have to say it. Because if you capitulate and you let people run it how they want to, then pretty soon you're running it based on preferences and pretty soon you know what disappears. The love that I felt from teenage pastor Paul Julian before he was a pastor as we were setting up in the preschool hallway and as he was just genuinely asking me questions and just interested in me as a person and that's a powerful 20 minutes in my life that I'll never forget and every one of you do that all the time and that's what makes Quentin Road special by this shall all men know that you're my disciples by the love that you have one toward another the church that we went to though it was I went out in the hallway once and I heard one of my deacons talk to talking to a former pastor of the church that I had invited to come back. And they were whispering, I can't believe he does that wallet illustration every single week. It's like he thinks we don't understand it and we don't know it. What's wrong with this guy? Huh. 
I'll tell you what's wrong with somebody is they're not following the word of God. And it's so valuable to have a pastor that'll stand up and say, this book is what we're doing. And I don't care who likes it or who doesn't like it. This is what we're doing. And I hope you like it because it's what we're doing. And I sure invite you to come along. But if you don't want to be part of it, it's no problem. We're going to do it without you. I love you. Hope you stick around. But it's really, really valuable to have that. And, and as I have had the privilege of, of having more perspective and time and distance and seeing other churches and seeing churches that aren't functional and that are dying left and right. Wow, do you have a great thing right here? And I know you know that. I know you know that. And I love it that you know that. Oh, wow. Wow. I learned to stand up to people who were expecting me to give in to their preferences. But if you do that, guess who's running the church? It's usually the deacon's wife. <laughs> I, I've had some deacon's wives, man, that were just doozies. And, they, and the deacon did whatever she wanted. Well, it might work for your marriage, bro, but it ain't working for church leadership. And uh, I tell you, it, you know what? It takes courage to stand up to people because you know what? I don't like making anybody unhappy. I like people liking me. I like smiles. You have wonderful smiles. I want to see them. I want to see them all the time, but I can't. Sometimes a pastor has to rebuke and reprove. And man, can I just encourage you? Don't ever let, don't, don't ever start thinking that your family has some special thing and that your family gets to be an exception and your family gets to do it a certain way. We had a family run church. I had a, I had a guy in a church meeting threatened to, uh, he said, he said, if you're man enough, let's take this outside. In a church meeting. And I said, you, sir, are absolutely welcome to go outside, but you are completely out of order. And I'm asking you to be quiet. And he was twice my age, and it takes courage to do that. And so as, as I get to be here talking to young people during winter thaw, wow, I just want to encourage them that reality can be kind of a bear. It can be a doozy, but... When you have godly people, pastors that love the word of God, that will help you figure it out and help you be courageous and, and stand strong, you too can have a church that's full of loving people that draw people like Neil Darian when he came here in 1990. Wow, did I encounter a great place. And wow, do I love this place. Wow. Oh my. Yeah, I've seen two pastors uh, who resigned their churches without any notice because of trouble they had with church families. Um, Not long ago, um, a pastor, uh, the board came to a pastor in in our area and told him, we don't really like you anymore, but we don't want to have to fire you. So can you do us a favor and just resign? This was on Christmas Eve. And we talked and I told him, you know what you should do? Um, fire your board and tell them and, and go talk to your people. Go talk to your people and have, have the people fire the board. Um, he didn't do that. He just got up on Sunday morning and said, I resign. So you know what he left? He left a mess for the next pastor. That's so sad because that left those people emboldened and then still in charge of the church. And guess what there isn't when a brand new person walks in off the street, they don't feel that love. And they're not going to be drawn. And until that, 
until all that fungus gets bleached out of there, it's going to stink and smell and, and it's not going to be good. So boards are so valuable. They're very important, but boards should follow their pastor's vision and be supportive. And if they have a concern, they should go honestly express the concern. But if they, they shouldn't be uh, digging their heels and, and doing that kind of stuff, that, that's so sad. Um, yeah, there, like, there's several other situations like that. For the sake of time, I won't pass those on to you, but I'll just tell you there's a wonderful chemistry that develops when we recognize who our real family is, and that's the body of Christ. You guys have figured that out. And you know what? I, I'm so grateful. We get to bring a whole bunch of people here for the Grace Conference, and you guys serving your hearts out makes it so wonderful that when they walk in the building, they feel that same thing, and then they go back and they say stuff to, to me and Julie like, now I know what you guys are talking about. Now I know why you guys talk about Quentin Road and why it's so special. And we met the Murrays or the Whoever's and the Vincents, and we stayed at somebody's house, and, and they were so nice, and wow, that's an amazing place. When can we go back? And, uh, and several of those are going to Israel with us and we get to, to go experience that all together. And I'm just so grateful for that chemistry. So personal feelings are not the primary consideration in a, in a church and how things get done. Really, what's the primary consideration is what, are the, what does the word of God say? Dr. Scudder would often say the main thing to consider is um, the, the question in a church about, about whether it's a good church is do the people get it? Is the pastor doing a good job? Do the people get it? And you guys get it. And I'm just telling you as an outsider who came in in 1990, and yes, I married the pastor's daughter and she's the best wife in the world. Um, but I was an outsider walking in and I felt that love because you knew who your real family was and your loyalty is to Christ. And I just want to commend you for that. We had to deal with the craziness of family loyalty, blood thicker than water in our church in Chai Lai Crossroads. And what a blessing it's been that we've, we've been able to withstand all that. Um, but I've learned that people essentially are the same all over the world, whether they're white collar or blue collar, it doesn't matter. People are the same. People can smell real from five miles away. And when you walk into a church and they have the love of Christ, boy, they can tell it. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples if you have love one to another. Satan is working triple overtime to bring disharmony into churches. Don't fall prey to him. Don't get your personal feelings so tied up in something that you get hurt and you start acting petty and you start withdrawing yourself from that love and connection. You stay part of the family. And if that requires taking a stand with your physical family, be like Jesus and say, this is how we're doing it, like it or not. And smile real big and be bold and courageous. Be rare and unusual and have that love. The kid that walked in and talked to Pastor Paul would tell you he appreciates that because the reason this church has it is because your pastor had the courage to stand up and say, this is how we're doing it, period. Big smile, full stop. So let's, let's keep doing that. Good churches don't stay church, good churches by accident. Good churches stay good churches because courageous pastors preach the word of God with the expectation that it be followed. You guys are doing that. You're the model in my world and I'm so grateful I get to call this place home and come here sometimes. What a privilege. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. From Dr. Scudder's book, Lead, Deal with Problems When They're Small or They'll Get Big and Deal With You. I would rather not confront people that are doing something wrong. 
because I've learned they generally don't appreciate it. Can I, can I give you guys a pro tip you already know? Because I learned it here. Appreciate it when your pastor either calls something out just in the course of teaching the word of God, or if he pulls you aside or calls you to his office, learn to appreciate it. Learn to express gratitude on the spot from your heart and mean it. Thank you for having the courage to confront me on something I didn't want to deal with. Because I have learned that it takes a lot of courage for me to do that with somebody because I know the chances are very high that they won't be spiritual, that they'll be offended and that they'll leave. And we're a little church that's trying to grow and I don't want them to leave. But I would rather have a godly church than a, a big church of people who aren't on the same page doing God's will and having that love. I want that in our church and, and you have that here. Julie was being a sweetheart and driving through Indianapolis yesterday. And we went around the curve, the, the turn from I-70 West to I-47 or I-465 North. And I saw the Delta emblem in my mind. That means change in physics, right? And it occurred to me that what we all need is more change in the word of God. We need this book to change us. We need more contact with this book and it will transform us into the image of Christ. A good pastor is regularly gonna ask people, hey, you change to line up with this book. And guess what happens when you do? You know, Harper has a little shirt that has those little uh, colored things that has a big heart. And when you, you I don't she, she does this. She puts her hand on it and moves them all up and they're pink and she moves them all down and they're purple. You guys know what I'm talking about? The body of Christ, we're all on the same page when all of us are in this, going the same direction. And so what, what God's word does is it will change you so that we all present a unified, welcoming love to the world that has no other hope. And if you do that, I'm gonna tell you whose blood is thicker than water. The blood that's thicker than water is the blood of Jesus Christ. When you trust him as your savior, you get eternal life. Average humans despise change. But if God said it, that settles it, and I believe it. And I encourage you to recognize that the only blood that's thicker than water is the blood of Jesus Christ. And when we're all part of his family and showing love to a community that has no other hope, it makes all the difference in the world. The moment you believe that Christ died for your sins and rose again, he gives you the free gift of eternal life. If you haven't trusted him, please do it. He died for all people, for, for all sin, for all people, for all time. He offers you the free gift of eternal life, not based on what you do, but based on what Jesus did on the cross. Would you simply trust that Christ died for your sins and rose again?